This week on Invasion of the Podcast, Paul gets upset over World of Warcraft politics. We get to the point with Flashpoint. And Super Nintendo, 25 years and 16 bits of awesome. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of Earth, attention. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And welcome to Invasion of the Podcast, where we're taking over the world one listener at a time. I am Paul. One lightning bolt should do it, Stedman. And to my left, as always, is Joe. No, 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 no. Make that two, and the second one be really horrific. Lightning bolts should do it, Peters. Yeah, those lightning bolts. That seemed to be a bit much. I like that it failed the first time. <laughs> no, 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 guys. Seriously, I got my powers this way by strapping <laughs> me to a chair and yeah, covering the, me in liquids, and the lightning hit me. Not it's only, fine. not only is the best part is that Batman let him do it. The fact that it, he's a doctor and he <laughs> let him do it, he's just like, eh, twice. Like, like, it's like none of this makes scientifically you know, any type of like sense. Sure. Yeah. You know, whatever. Anyway, um, we're going to be talking about uh, the the DC Comics. Like, listen to here. Listen to that. Everybody Ooh. out there. We, I know, I know sometimes we've not been very favorable on DC Comics, but um, Joe asked what we should talk about this week, and he wanted to read a comic because we've not really talked like comics, comics. We've talked about movies and TV shows, but I feel like with the, the new coming CW seasons of all their shows, and they're going to be covering kind of a Flashpoint event. We figured we'd just pick Flashpoint and talk about it. So we're going to talk about that later. Uh, there will be spoilers for that, but we're going to have some fun talking about that. Anyway, um, I, I know normally we have some kind of fun thing to interject here in the beginning. Um, I, I like This weekend was a, was a blur for me. Again, a bunch of Overwatch. Uh, my girlfriend had her bridal shower. I was not there for that because I'm a guy. That's not what I do. Um, I went downtown and had a lot of meat at a Michael Simon place, uh, Mabel's Barbecue. Oh, how was that? It was I, it was really good. They felt, felt I, it felt weird. They served their food on these metal trays that almost looked like those biology trays that you had in high school to dissect frogs on. It just didn't have the rubber mat, so it felt like a little weird. But it was really good. Uh, Apple, I think Applebee's does that with some of their stuff now too. That's weird. It feels very like hipstery, trendy type of um, like. Here's how we oh, represent food yeah, too differently. Absolutely, the presentation is is all about it. I want to check that out though because I I like barbecue and and I know it's that, good that Michael Simon was open a barbecue spot. Like so, the two things I'll, I'll say in addition to that one, the service was ridiculously fast. Like oh, um, nice. we sat down at the bar. Ordered our food and within within five minutes the food was there. So because they they um, smoke all their meat and everything there, so they have everything ready. Uh, they serve it till it's gone that day, so everything's ready to go. Um, but when I ordered the food, I ordered like uh, it was a half pound of like brisket, um, and it came with like a little bit of extra stuff, but it also came with like a slice of white bread. So when it came out on this tray, I had like four strips of uh, brisket, which those are hearty, but they don't look very big. And then there's like one single piece of white bread. It felt like, like, um, well, Paul, I guess you're doing five to life. Here's your food. It was really like a prison tray. It almost felt oh. like, <laughs> like it just felt like I was going to finish it and then have to find like a cup of water with no ice, <laughs> find the angriest man 
on the the dinner floor and fight them to show dominance in the, in the barbecue joint. So, uh, but yeah, it was good. It it was good. I mean, his, the, the, I always feel like that stuff's a little pricey, but you know, it is quality. So I can't dismiss. Like I can't. Yeah. yeah. So, no, I'd, yeah. I'd have to go. I want to go check that out now. Yeah, it's, I'm glad that's open. Yeah. So anyway, that's what I did this. Weekend. I didn't do anything cool this weekend. I mean, we we, we did see SummerSlam. We'll talk about it in a second. That oh, was about yeah. yeah. That was about the big thing. That's kind of the extent of my um, weekend. I I worked all weekend too. Um, I got hooked back into the WWE Network. Um, oh, I, did you re-sign up? Um, no, but uh, I know people that you know have people it. that yeah. have it. Um, I started watching the uh, Cruiserweight Classic. Okay, have you watched any of that? No, it's really. really I'm good. really bad. Like I'm kind of like one of those. I don't want to say a fair weather fan of like wrestling, but like I literally, I'm really bad at watching TV and to, to begin with. Like I have to like force myself. Like when we did Stranger Things last week, I. I buckled down and I was like, "Hey, let's let's do Stranger Things. I'm going to try to watch it." Like I'd have to force myself to watch wrestling, like to keep up with on a regular basis. Like I'll read like web reports and things, but I do that too. I yeah. I don't ever sit down and watch it unless it's a pay per view, and because I, I feel like that's kind of a big event. You know, these are cool though. It's like it's ten weeks, but they had like it's like a, a bracket of thirty-two wrestlers. They're all cruiserweight, so they're like what under two hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the cool thing about it, at least the first round, it was four episodes an hour. So really, bam, 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 bam. They would kind of give a little brief intro about what each guy was all about, and then kind of do like a stat breakdown, like like it mattered. But just it made you really feel more like this was a competition. And there was some really crazy moves that these guys would do. Like there's some, there was a good mixture of luchador and then like uh, like Japanese and Chinese styles. Like it was really, it's a lot of fun. And also uh, Cleveland's own uh, Johnny Gargano is in it as well from uh, AIW, which is the local promotion around here. Okay. Um, and he has a heck of a match with his former tag team partner because they were on NXT together. Oh, um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm hooked. Like I watched the first um, four four episodes, so I'm through the first round. It's it's really good quality, like high flying wrestling, and not a lot of the whole setup. Like you just they get in there, they shake hands, and then they just go at it. It's it's a lot of it's a lot That's of fun. Cool. So I would recommend it. But nine ninety nine. There you go. I'm bringing it back. <laughs> you know. So um, so let's jump into news on yeah. that point with wrestling. All right. No, that's not news. Man. I did it again. How do you? I have only like four buttons to choose. They're all color like coded. They too. are color coded. Why don't you color code <laughs> some of them for like time periods, like beginning? No, no, no. no. Well, okay, fine. I have my intro button, which is the intro of the show. Then I have my outro button, which is the outro of the show, and the rest is just—it's just you know, mad gab. That's yeah. you grab it and that's it. Okay. everyone a robot see i'm just pressing all the buttons now a robot it's a robot anyway so, sorry so, uh yeah. SummerSlam was sunday um SummerSlam. there we don't talk about wrestling a lot but usually when they have a big event there's pay-per-views every month but SummerSlam is one of those iconic uh pay-per-views so is royal rumble and wrestlemania um everything else in between is usually kind of like like they don't really do survivor series anymore or king of the ring do they do? I think they do. They do, do, they do Survivor Series? Series? I think they do, and it, that and Royal Rumble, like you mentioned. Yeah, um, but King of the um, Ring. When was the last time we had a good King of the Ring? I don't remember. I know, like, is 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 uh, back payback coming up, or is a back? No, backlash happened already, right? Yeah, but those I don't are know, all, all those kind of newer, dingy sounding names. You, you know, know they like, they come up with these different names. Backlash, I think, is the one yeah. that's the next the next one. Yeah. Anyway, so SummerSlam has come and gone. It was in Brooklyn, New York, um, at the Barclays Center, which I kind of was. I didn't understand why Barclays had like a center in Brooklyn. Well, that's where the Brooklyn Nets play the basketball team. Yeah, but isn't Barclays all football? Like, no, no, 
No, like uh, so, um, I don't know about the branding, but I know the Barclay Center is where that whenever um, the New Jersey Nets got moved to Brooklyn, that's where they play predominantly. And then one of the big things was to actually have an arena for them to play in Brooklyn. Oh, okay. So it's newer, so it's a fancy arena. Yeah. And I think, oh, I could be wrong. I think another professional team plays there too, but I don't want to. I don't want to be wrong about sports on a show about not sports. So yeah. anyway, yeah. um, so. Like I, I actually started watching it late because I didn't realize it started at seven. I didn't watch the pre-show stuff. I well, not even the pre-show stuff. Like I missed, uh, I missed like the the Jericho Owens tag match, yeah. and I missed, I missed uh, like like um, the 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 Sasha Banks uh, Charlotte match, which I kind of wanted to watch. Um, but you, you should because there's a scary moment in the middle of it. Oh, really? Yeah, there is. Um, there's a moment where they're going on the top buckle for some reason. Charlotte has a hold of Sasha. And I don't know what happened. It's a miscommunication or something, and she just drops her. She botched it, and it looks bad. Yeah. Like you just like for a second there, you thought she killed her. Like it was not good. And I don't know yeah. what happened there, but uh, otherwise it was a pretty good match. Well, I kind of figured because like uh, I was talking to my one buddy, and he, he we were talking about how I guess there's a lot of superstars that are they're suspended for wellness policy. You know, probably smoking weed, but um. I think Sasha Banks was one of them, so they. I think that's why they stripped the title off of her. Well, that was the plan anyway, was to have her drop the title, which that that leads me to. Like, we'll talk about this in a second, but the way it went down, though, it's like it just there. It just it, there needs to be ramifications for the way that was handled in the ring with uh, Charlotte. Like normally, she's a really good performer. Like she's a good heel. She puts on good matches. I really like the women's division. Even yeah. like like I like all like well that the, that yeah. six that's that three that six way tag that they had like in the interim to like kind of settle everyone down was yeah. better than like some of the other matches they had that night. Like that, I hate to say it, the the Ziggler Ambrose match was like n- not even close to as good as that that six way yeah. women's. Tag. I liked it because I feel like both those guys are professional, and plus it was like a battle of Ohio. That was kind of <sighs> fun for me to watch. Um, Man, like, but the fact that that's supposed to be a title shot. Like halfway through the show, the pacing of the whole show felt weird. Yeah, like you have belts being like fought for, and then you tell me that these are supposed to matter, and then with this brand split between Raw and SmackDown, but then you have that happen, and then at the very end, the last two matches aren't for belts. Yep, and it's just really, really it's weird. weird. Yeah, yeah, that that's one thing, and and like the only thing I can think of is because the last match had Brock in it, and Brock has to headline main event, no matter what. So the headliner should have been Finn Balor and Seth Rollins. That, that was that should have been the headliner. You know that was a great the and the best thing I think about that match. The best and worst thing about that match was that belt because that belt was getting so much heat. It was hilarious. Were you guys like when you were people, watching it? People are saying it's ugly. It just looks like a but, belt, but red. But were you paying attention to like any time the belt would make it on camera? The no. boom, <laughs> like like they would be wrestling and completely irrelevant. Like Finn Balor would just like walk past the belt and the camera would hit it, and then boom, like it was That's hilarious funny. because they were like booing the crap out of the belt. I mean, we should probably clarify. So, with within WWE, there's the two weekly shows that they do Monday and Tuesday, Monday Night Raw, and then uh, SmackDown. And now they consider them separate entities, and they have separate championships. And Dean Ambrose, who's uh, in SmackDown, has the, the world, heavyweight, the world, the world, world belt, world heavyweight yeah. title or something. And then so with Raw, they had to have a champ, like a major championship belt. So they call it the Universal Belt, and it looks exactly like. The heavyweight belt, except it's red. It's, it's what, red. It looks it, like a fruit roll-up. Yeah. So like it looks terrible. It's like you win this belt, and now you can eat you for can a day. Eat it. You yeah. know, it's, um, it's cherry. It was it was a good match. Uh, 
like uh, Finn Finn Balor is awesome. Like I never really got to see him. He's like, I, he's very entertaining. Yeah. yeah. And Seth Rollins, though he looked like well, his outfit looked like a shitty '90s Wolverine. Like it was. A I weird- love Seth Rollins' <laughs> outfits. Like he always has these crazy. Like I remember at WrestleMania, he had this this get up. I was like, he's a Power Ranger. Like it, it, like my one buddy said, like oh look, the Tron guy left the ring. <laughs> like, right. Like, I love it was Rollins' very, get-ups. Yeah, it's Man, very so um, good. Yeah, but um, that was a good match. Uh, the John Cena versus Styles match, I liked a great deal. Uh, th- this was fun. Those guys are those I guys are professionals. Was, it was a good match. That was a good match. That was fun. Um, and it, it, it amazes me how John Cena affects the fans because, mm-hmm. like, it's so entertaining to w- watch him come out to his entrance entrance music, and everybody is chanting over his music. To the the rhythm of his music, John Cena sucks. Like when he's coming down to the thing, and he just kind of shakes his head like you guys, and it's like John Cena sucks. John, and it's like perfectly in rhythm. I don't hate him. Like the guy is such a, he's a, such a stand up guy outside of all that. Yeah, that, that but that's the thing. Yeah. It's it's hard not to respect that dude. Yeah. And like even at the end, you know, the fans showed that they can they can sing John Cena sucks when he comes out. But even though he lost the match and put AJ Styles over. And, you know, he did the whole thing with where he left his armband behind. Which his armband says, don't give up. And then, or says, never give up. Never give up. And he took the armband off, so he gave up. <laughs> he gave up, which could be symbolic of something. You know, mm. we're, we're waiting for a heel turn before he retires. Um, but they were clapping and cheering for him as he walked up the ramp. Because, yeah. you know, they, they respect the hell out of him. So so ultimately, though, like, we'll just skip ahead here to the very end, which is the Am- Ambrose. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Brock Lesnar, Randy Orton, Randy Orton, and we um, were. Almost, uh, me and I was almost not going to watch it because my buddy was like, "He's like, I don't even really want to watch it because it was so short." And then, real quick, we got to talk about that Roman Reigns Rusev match, the, the, like, the non match, the non match. Like the match didn't even start. It was basically like I, th- I feel like they didn't figure out that if you put two title matches in the middle of the, the show, and then you're going to book a couple other matches, then you're going to have to cut some time somewhere. Well, I feel like I feel like the Miz fight was cut down for time. Like the Miz, I didn't see that time. one. It was a good, it was a good match, and he won clean. So I mean, whatever, right? So I think he won clean. I, I was I was drinking at, at Kevin, uh, you know, my, the coast of a uh, Strange Highways and Radio Violenta. I was drinking at his basement, so I'm pretty sure, pretty sure the Miz won clean. I don't know, but anyway, we were in Parma cheering the Parma guys, so we had to do that. Um, I, I think that it was planned from the get go that Roman Reigns wasn't actually going to wrestle a match. I think they're trying so hard to, to build him back up as like someone with a chip on his shoulder. Yeah, they, that need they to, wanted him to look like a guy that didn't speak well, much. He came out just fighting. But that was the thing know? is like like you know we were talking about it when the match was going on like not going on. But Rusev was laying down hurt and they had all the guys out. Reigns came back out when he was quote unquote hurt and then started attacking him. That's a big heel move. It is. Like you attack someone when they're down and they're hurt. Like you know. So I think they're going to try to push him heel. Um, we were talking, speculating, like, you know, jump back over, like, the Brock Lesnar-Orton fight. Like, we're waiting for the day where either Brock turns on Heyman or Heyman turns on Brock. And my buddy was like, he's like, they should do it with Roman Reigns because Roman Reigns cannot work a mic. Yeah, and Paul Heyman, who is the manager for Brock Lesnar, yeah. is like, if you look at him, he knows how to cut a promo. He knows how to hype. Mm-hmm. Like, he ran his own wrestling organization. And, and for something that was so short on talent, he sold the experience so well at the time with ECW that he is just an asset in the WWE oh, now. He's, he's a legend. Like, like, get, get him in there with with uh, with either Roman Reigns or like um, oh Shinsei Nakamura. Is that the guy who's in yeah. NXT? That he he's a good wrestler, but isn't the most fluid in English. Get him 
as a mouthpiece and then you would just have some heat you know yep. like um but that's gonna be my whole thing here so the end of the the orton lesnar match uh lesnar who uses his really sharp elbows i guess i don't know if he sharpened them or what before the match he cuts open orton's head and the amount of blood that comes out yeah. it, it it was terrifying actually it was a legit hit like yeah like 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 lesnar like doing mma like he like and a lot of the other stuff like lesnar's been around more of the the i guess fighting block i guess you could say than most of the other people because when people wrestle it's all it's all performance and acrobatics more or less like carrying it's, it's, people and it's not knowing how to do things hurt, selling the moves and selling it so yeah. you don't hurt the person you're doing it with or the or you're hurting yourself but like he literally brought that elbow down on top of his head and people do cut themselves in yeah. wrestling to kind of put put the put the facade of the drama on that they've been opened up i mean just watch almost any match with Shawn michaels yeah um and like their face turns beet red and there's usually like a like a decent amount of blood mixed with sweat and it looks kind of like it kind of looks kind of cool because you're just like oh man he's bleeding he hit orton with the end of his elbow and like orton was like tucked in protecting his head and like I was telling, like, when it happened, I was told my buddy, I was like, dude, look at that pool of blood underneath him. Like, anytime any of these other guys, they actually keep razors in their wrist guards sometimes, yeah. like little, so and, they do small cuts. and they just yeah. do small cuts, you know, and that's, that's something that, that's like a, like a trick of the trade. And, um, this was not a razor cut. No. Like, he got him good, and like, and after the medics came down, and they were trying to get him off of him, and, you know, he was probably okay, but at the same time, he still was losing a lot of blood. It was it was a pretty decent sized pool. It was after. a scary amount of blood. Yeah. So, but um, and the way that all ended, whatever that was, like uh, I knew because the match still ended at eleven o'clock when the pay per view was over. So you knew it was going to end somewhere to that. But that was scary. My question to you, and I, I know it's, I know we've already spent a long time on this, is like, how hard is it to write storylines for professional wrestling? I know I say that from an observer, but it just feels like some of this though. It's like if you're in a creative room and you look at all these guys, it's like. I don't understand how like there's it, it just seems like there's a lot of it's, it it seems like it's not as I think they're overcomplicating things sometimes like like get the town in there figure out what their they do are. but like then then you've got things like like Brock Lesnar like the contract he has I mean yeah. I'm, I'm sure he has like a contract where it's like I want to do a minimal amount of matches like because he doesn't really wrestle on SmackDown or Raw that much no he no. basically shows up for pay-per-views and he does main events and that's probably part of his his it is his contract he, he works maybe half the same half so, the time that everybody else right works. so yeah. they have to work around that and they have to work that into a storyline and then on top of that it's like you know what do you do if somebody like um you know that somebody like like does something stupid like the wellness policy it's like or even like you're Finn gonna dollar s- got hurt in that match that night he had to vacate the belt the next day because he got injured right yeah so, so how do you write around that you write yeah. around that and some stuff's kind of obvious like when seth rollins got hurt and they're like he's got to go in for surgery you know no soap opera crap or anything we're just going to vacate the belt because we can't come up with a story where he's going to lose the belt because you know something he has to go for surgery yeah but like certain things yes like i don't understand why they decide to make certain th- certain decisions and, and certain stuff like that because you know we all we all talk about wrestling and it's a big soap opera but there are there are things that happen in the, in you know backstage in the writing area where they're like we're going to push this guy's career he's going to win and i know it sounds silly because it's like a 
um, a premeditated competition. Like, you know what the outcome is going to be. But you have to remember that if John Cena wins, in the eyes of all the fans that love him, that boosts his, his T-shirt sales, his popularity. Yeah. Then they have to start paying that guy more. So when they make that decision to push those people, they're doing that in the belief that these people are going to get a reciprocation on the fact that they're putting them over. It's like, going to help the business. Right. Yeah. And some people like John Cena can decide whether or not, like, you know, where he's at right now. He could have decided, he's like, no, I want to beat AJ Styles. And yeah. they probably would have been like, okay, fair enough. You've done so much for this organization. and you, You've done this and this. And, you know, you're iconic enough that if you want to beat somebody, you can. But he took a higher road. And with some of these guys, Undertaker's another one of them. Like, you know, they'll take a higher road, they'll yeah. let somebody beat them, and then that puts that person over, and then that helps that person's career. Mm -hmm. Because if somebody keeps losing, nobody's going to care about that guy. That's, like, yeah. And, I, and I'll give you a good example. Ziggler. Yeah, unfortunately. I like Ziggler. He's from Ohio. He's from Cleveland. He, he came down with a, a, a St. Ed's jacket on. And you had the Battle of Ohio. You had Ambrose and Ziggler, Cincinnati and uh, Cleveland. And, like... Like, Ziggler just can't catch a break. Like, that match yeah. wasn't invigorating enough. Like, I don't like Ziggler's movesets. It's kind of boring. Rips off the super kick. The Famouser? Who the hell uses the Famouser? <laughs> Billy Gunn? Like, I mean, I'm sorry, Dolph. Like, I know you had a great run at Kent State. He's getting inducted in something at Kent State, like, this week. Oh, nice. Um, For wrestling. But, like, like, that's an example. Like, Nobody is pushing Dolph Ziggler, and Ziggler's not carrying himself. So, like, that's, I guess, like, a good example of how wrestling politics kind of works. Yeah, I just, I mean... Sorry I, to go on a Dolph Ziggler rant. No, it's, I just feel like, and I feel like we spent too much time on this already, but that's fine. But like, just, I feel like with them having a pay-per-view once a month, that they feel this need to have to push storylines quickly through, as opposed to letting things develop. And then, I feel like the cards are suffering because of that. I feel like... I like there's parts of these pay-per-views I enjoy, but I want to walk away being like this thing brought the house down stop top to bottom. And I've not felt like that since coming back to watching wrestling, you know, like, are you talking about SummerSlam? I'm just talking about like just the pay-per-views in general recently. Like I felt like they've had good, good matches, mm -hmm. but like you want this to be the best, the best, like bringing their a game. And I feel like some of the booking has been weird. Yeah. And I feel like I hope that now that they have these separate titles for the different, like for SmackDown and raw that once they get them ingrained a little bit, then I want to see some John and each other from the different brands, and yeah. I want to see a universal versus a world. I want to see you'll get that at WrestleMania. Like, like I hope so because that'll be get a lot a of fun. And have best of the best. I, I bet you they'll either unify it or they'll just do a, a champion versus champion. That'd be fun. I so. think that'd be yeah. So anyway, wrestling, watch it. Also, if you've not tried it out, there's a free trial of the WWE Network. <laughs> Here we go. Recommend Paul, <laughs> and he'll get a free month, probably right, not. That's anyway. enough wrestling talk. So let's talk a little bit about um, Doctor Strange because you know that's a little more. Speaking of manufactured worlds, um, yeah, so Doctor Strange is coming in November. Uh, the rumor is, actually it's not a rumor, it's verified that they're doing reshoot, reshoots right now, which that's not unusual. What's unusual is they're bringing Dan Harmon from um, Community and Rick and Morty and Rick and Morty to hopefully punch up some of the, the scenes, which that to me sounds like, hey, could you make this funnier? Yeah. I don't know if I'm against that. I think that's fine. I'm not against it. I mean, they did it with Suicide Squad and it seemed to help a lot. But yeah. um, Dan, it's, I think it's just interesting to get Dan Harmon's humor into the Marvel Universe. It's almost like it's it's the same as being excited um, when Edgar Wright was working on Ant-Man. Because there's still Edgar Wright humor in Ant-Man. Yeah. You know, so we're going to kind of get that. I'm, I'm pretty excited to see it because I can guarantee you um, 
you know, I'm going to be kind of like trying to snipe out what Dan Harmon did when I go see Doctor Strange because I, I love community. And I love Rick and But Morty. he also has such a love for like genres and then how things should operate. Yeah. So it might not even be for the comedy side. It might just be like, hey, you have like a decent cast in terms of like storylines going here and here and here. How do we unify this and make this more yeah. of a through experience? Because I feel like you have Strange, you have... um Baron um, Mordo. Mordo, who's the, the sidekick, but you don't know his real intent right now. He eventually becomes an enemy, but I don't think it's going to be in this movie. No. Then you have um, a Hannibal as the bad guy, and then you have like you have a number of things going on, and, and uh, it just makes me wonder if it's not just trying to juggle those relationships to make sense, because Harmon's really good at giving everybody their one moment like to shine. Yeah, he is. Um, I started watching some Community again, because I saw that the last season is now added to Yahoo after we talked about it. Or, sorry, the Hulu from Yahoo we talked about last week. I haven't watched any of the new stuff yet because I've been waiting to watch it with Mary, but I went back and watched some of the other earlier episodes. And if that is a high wire act to have like six personalities and give them all a moment, you know? So I, I think of all the people they could have brought in to punch it up. Like it doesn't seem like to be my first choice, but I'm happy with that. Yeah. So anyway, cool, cool. And then cool, 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 cool. cool. Yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> and then recently, uh, recently in sense of the, like tonight, uh, me and Paul sat down and we got a little bit of World of Warcraft action in because uh, the new expansion's coming out uh, the 30th, yeah. um, Legion. And this is the sixth expansion? <laughs> I should know this, right? So World of Warcraft, Burning Crusade, Crusade Wrath of the Lich King, King Cataclysm, Cataclysm, Mists of Pandaria, Draenor. Warlords of Draenor, yeah, Legion, six, six, six. Yeah. So um, this opens up some more interesting stuff into the whole world of warcraft um but to to kick it off and and l- go ahead and hit spoiler alert here now this hooray hooray denied okay. and, and now and now this do you know why they are called spoilers so i i I'm started sad. i played it i played it this morning uh for a little bit and i i got through the first cinematic to to kick in the storyline of the also keep in mind joe's been away from the game for almost four years now like yeah, five was, actually yeah yeah because when i logged in i got all my stuff sent it was like not active for five years i was like oh <laughs> uh so um basically the, the the basic of the story is the burning legion which is uh, this this whole uh armada of demons that existed in another realm that's constantly been poking at the heroes in the entire world of Warcraft like the yeah, bad yeah, the bad guys. Yeah, all they do like they're the overall they're they're the big big bad they've always talked about in this entire series. They go from world to world and either taking what they want and just destroying and leaving the rest and twice they've come to to Azeroth and have been turned back. Yep. So, so this is this the third time? Yeah. Third time they've tried. Yeah. And and this starts in with uh the two factions, the Alliance and the Horde you know, going to fight them at the center of the world where this portal's opened up. And some stuff happens. A couple of people die. Uh, some big-named uh, major players in the Horde, like, uh, I think we talked... Did we talk about this last week? I mentioned Jerry? that someone ruined that someone... Someone ruined it. Yeah, so I'm not, I'm not going to ruin... Oh, shit. If we're going to talk about this, so I'm not going to Yeah, well, so... Uh, okay. Anyway, we'll talk about the Horde side. We won't talk about, the like, the other ones. So, the leader of the Horde is a troll named Vol'jin. Yeah, if you don't know, uh, so he gets mortally wounded in this battle, and um, and and goes back and, and and has a little gathering of all the leaders of all the races of the horde, which and, are like six of them, six major races. Yeah, you know. and um, and he's dying. He's basically dying on his throne, talking to all these guys, and then Sylvanas, who is the leader of the undead, 
who's a banshee. She was once an elf, and she got cursed by the Lich King. This she, all makes sense if you play the game, I promise. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so she comes walking in, and she's late, of course, like casually late. He starts talking to her. He says she's got to step out of the shadows, and then he says that she's going to be the new war chief, which... If anybody knows who this character is, she's been in Warcraft lore since Warcraft 3. Um, probably a little bit before that, but she was a major part of Warcraft 3, the the art, the real-time strategy game, not World of Warcraft. And I think that was like 2003. Yeah, it's been So her character's been around for like 13 years real-time. But she's always had this big chip on her shoulder because she's basically been an elf that was turned into an undead banshee. She's a real bitch. That's the best way to put it. Um, so, yeah, basically what it comes down to is that she was turned into this thing against her will, but she broke away from the from the thing that made her an undead, and she exerted free will, and then she gathered all the rest of these people that were made undead against their will and said, hey, you're my people. We're now a nation, and I now protect you, but I also have my own goals. And so her joining the Horde was a big deal because even though they didn't necessarily trust her, they realized that it would be better to have her amongst them as opposed to fight them. So she's always been kind of operating from from behind in the shadows a little bit, so to yeah. speak. But like she always had the interest of herself and her and her undead nation at heart. Like I guess if they have a heart, I don't know. Anyway, she's always been very very protective of her people, but not so much of the horde entirely. Yeah, and she does not care what she has to do to get what she wants. Yeah, which so like. If you guys don't know Warcraft, I mean, there's videos online, whatever. The thing that breaks my heart about all this, ultimately, is that uh, in terms of World of Warcraft, which I play a lot, and we actually did a whole episode about this many, many moons ago called Mini Man's Online. Forget the episode number. Go check it out. Um, Vol'jin, who was a troll, who was the leader of the Horde, he was only named the leader of the, like, the past two expansions. They put out a cool book about him called, um, oh, it was Vol'jin... Um, can't remember the actual subtitle of the name now, but it was a cool like Warcraft novel explaining like kind of his background, his personality, really selling him. This ties into the wrestling thing. They gave him a really strong push to be the leader of this group of people, and then they go and f and kill him. Yeah, that's it. Like that's like it's like I, hey, you guys like him? He's the first person to not be an orc to lead these people. He's an honorable member of his group of people. Dead. Yeah, and like I, I like they I remember the title. I remember when when Garrosh became the war chief. I was like really questioned by it. Like I was like I don't really like Garrosh. Like I was really bummed Thrall stepped down because Thrall was a stand up dude. He was really good. Yeah. I mean he's still kicking around, but he's got Thrall stuff to do. You know he's he's got condos he's got to take care of rental properties, <laughs> um, like, elemental gotta, things. Yeah, elemental he's got his shaman stuff. He's yeah. like oh the water is kind of oh no there's a ripple I gotta go take yeah, care of. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. um so yeah. then Garrosh takes over. Garrosh gets booted out after a fight um, with uh, the everybody the, with everybody, yeah. and then then they make Vol'jin, and now Vol'jin hasn't really been there that long. No, he was only that he was only leader for an expansion. He gets off story wise, and he's killed. And he was actually a really cool character, and I'm just bummed out about it. And I said this before recording the show, uh, being distraught that Joe put me through watching that. Um, that I feel like putting Sylvanas, who like this is hot little undead ranger chicky. Putting her in the leader of the horde is a total fanboy thing. Yeah, and it's like, and I will play this game. I've already bought this game, like because of Joe many years ago. I'm into this thing, hook, line, sinker. I will play it. I will, and I should trust that they know where the story's going. But man, it's like I'm just trying to think of what would equate it to. It's like you have, um, 
I don't know. Like I'm trying to think of like a Star Wars, like who, how would that equate? Like you have someone leading, like you have freaking Sam Jackson leading, like you know all the Jedi, and it's like, hey, you like him? Yeah, he's dead now, but now we're bringing in Darth Vader to lead the Jedi. Like it doesn't even make sense. This feels really, yeah, feels really weird. Like you, you know? love like, Vader, you're like, yeah, but then you're like, wait, he's gonna lead the Jedi, and you're like. He's a bad guy. Yeah, I mean, I, and forgive me, people that know Star Wars. I know that I'm talking about two different. Well, I guess I'm not talking about two different timelines, but I kind of am. Well, it's yeah. just trying to put it into a perspective. It'd be, it'd be like putting like you know really upset Anakin in charge, right? Of, of all the Jedi. So, but that's that's that. Um, I, we just wanted to touch on that because yeah, it is kind of interesting that this MMO has been around for more than ten years, and you can still make me go, "What did you just do?" That that's that's testament to them. Yeah, story wise. So anyway, definitely a curveball. Yeah, and we'll talk about Legion more later because I'm sure as Joe gets acclimated back to playing WoW, we'll talk about yeah, it. I don't so. know what the hell to do? I'm like, what? I got pets. <laughs> what do these pets do? I don't know. What's these buttons? I don't know. There, there's it's, another continent. It's so I don't funny. Know. I didn't even realize you battled pets, but I was looking at the pets and I thought they were for just general combat. Yeah, and it was, just, I saw like one of the, people. Yeah, it was like one of these pets had like 130 hit points. I was like. Well, that thing would die instantly. Like, what the <laughs> hell is that going to do for me? And then I was like, oh, you fight other pets. There, there's a Pokemon-type style thing in the game now, and Joe didn't know about that. So yeah. there you go. Anyway. But anyway, right. so last bit of news uh, we're going to talk about is uh, Spider-Gwen, who is uh, Gwen Stacy that got bit by a radioactive spider in another universe. And she became a, a fan favorite uh, female Mar- Marvel spider person. She's going to be coming on uh, the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon series um, coming up soon. And this ties in a little bit to the Flashpoint stuff we want to talk about. But um, she's she's a very young character. Uh, like I In terms of being existing, like existing you, got, you got her first appearance. I have and- her first appearance, and I did get it graded. Uh, so I have that, that bad boy sealed. Um, and she's just kind of like, in terms of stock, like her stock is just all the way. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, she's breaking into, um, she's on, a, I know she's on a few mobile games, but that's not too surprising because a lot of other weird people are too. Um, but this is kind of cool because this is a little bit more mainstream when you're getting on a Disney XD cartoon like Ultimate Spider-Man. And they're adding characters on there. And, I mean, there's other characters that are really obscure, like Taskmaster's been on there. Um, you know, that's kind of, like, out there. But, like, Gwen, uh, Gwen, uh, Spider-Gwen, I almost said Gwenpool, uh, which is a whole other thing. I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> Apparently, if, yeah, you just use Gwen, and that's the new female superhero. Yeah. But, uh, I'm looking for Gwen Thor. Yeah, Gwen Thor. Gwen Hulk. Um, Gwen Hulk, Gwen Iron. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Gwen Man. Gwen Man. <laughs> Wait, that doesn't make sense. Wait, right. no, no, uh, Gwenarine. Um, but the, but yeah, that thing. I'm the best of, at what I do. Anyway, <laughs> Marvel, we're writing stuff for yeah, you. Yeah, all right. Anyway, uh, but yeah, she's going to be popping up on the uh, Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon, which I think is pretty cool. Well, it, like, um, so when I was talking about watching that uh, Cruiserweight Classic on uh, the WWE Network, nine ninety nine, folks. Um, there's a, there's a guy in the front row that's wearing a Spider Gwen shirt. At like in the audience, so I'm just like, all right, it's all over the place now. Yeah. So, and she's like, character wise, it's only been around like two years, maybe, maybe not even. Yeah, like Spider Verse came out like spring of, uh, I want to say fourteen, and like that that's something about that has like hit a nerve, not not yeah. a nerve, but, like it struck a chord. That's probably the right way to say it. And people were excited, and it's taking off. And I like this getting in the cartoons, so that just means that as it's taken off, Marvel's gonna start kind of start looking looking at Sony, being like, hey. What if, like, I would love to see that eventually make its way into the movie somehow. Not the newest one, but to actually get a cinematic, like, you know, Spider-Gwen. That would be cool. Like, I would, I think- I, like, I could see them doing a quick nod, like, like, like almost an Ant-Man and Wasp nod. Like, 
like in Homecoming, you have like Gwen Stacy's in, in Spider-Man Homecoming, but then like at the end of the movie, like one of the end credit scenes or something, you find out she has spider powers and it's yeah. like, oh my God, she's Spider-Gwen. Like that would be kind of cool. Yeah, like that. I mean, get, get me that or Miles Morales as actual Spider-Man. Like Man. I would be excited for that. That'd be cool. Dude, but, like Donald Glover's in Spider-Man Homecoming. And like, yeah. like he's he's older, but like I still think Donald Glover would be a perfect Miles Morales. Yeah, just make him an older Miles Morales at this point. I don't just care. Just flip it. Yeah, that's fine. It. You got, you got Tom of, Holland as the younger one and yeah. have him as the older one. Just I don't care. It. That'd be fine. Yeah, whatever. Just, just Whatever. You have the right actors. Make it happen, you know? Yeah. So you could still put Donald Glover in high school. People wouldn't even question it. You could 21 Jump Street him. You could. It'd be fine. Yeah. You know, so. He was doing fine on Community. <laughs> yeah, right. So that, I think that's just interesting that this shows, and this will tie into our conversation in a second, that even though I have a feeling that the idea of it was more of like, wouldn't it be funny if, and then we have a cool character design, and everyone's like, we want to know more about that. Well, that's kind of what and, happened with Gwenpool, too. Yeah. Like, they, they, they had a, they, like, there's been female Deadpool, but Gwenpool's something completely different. It's like, she's, she's got a completely different pink and white costume, but it's very similar to Deadpool's. Um, she doesn't really have any powers. But, like, she was literally a variant cover for one of the Deadpool comics during Secret Wars. And, like, she wasn't in an issue. She basically was just, like, in a pool, like, on a floaty tube or something like that. And she had her costume on. And she, I think she had, like, a snarky comment. And then that just blew up. Yeah. And now she's got her own comic. Uh, it's got a decent run going. And um, I think I read the first one. And uh, I think she's slowly getting into the the Marvel universe is like being able to be more formidable. Like I think Bartek, the Bartok, the leaper is training her. So okay. she'll actually be a mercenary type person. So <laughs> I just like how characters have that go through a training regimen before. They do. It's like, it's like guys, we have to give six months. It's kind of like the bill and Ted thing. It's like, you guys are going to be great guitar players. You have to become great guitar players. Like, yeah. Like, training. <laughs> Even Deadpool got trained by Taskmaster. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that was interesting. I just wanted to point that out because, uh, like get a new character, Already showing up in animated stuff. Yeah. Kind of like not not the same speed because Harley Quinn took a little while, but. Well, Harley kinda, Quinn. Like she was started. in the cartoon. Yeah, but like it yeah. took a while for her. To flip to comics. To comics, but like she's become. She existed outside the comics in the sense of just like, here's the funny idea. Let's do that. Even though Spider Gwen existed in the comics, it was like no one gave thought to that. You yeah. know, and it's like they both kind of. They kind of took off, so and I'm making hand motions to show that. So anyway, uh, but yeah, that's that's the news, and um, yeah, that's that was a lot of news. So let's go on to our feature. Even though I I pressed that button earlier, I'm going to press it again. And now for our feature presentation. So Joe challenged me before the show. Uh, he's like, let's read a comic. And when Joe says read a comic, he doesn't mean one comic. He means a lot of comics. And I've been I've been pressed for time lately, and I've been lazy. But he wanted to read like an, like a series, like talk about it, and like which I think is a good idea. And we should do this more often. I, yeah, there yeah. are a lot of comic event series that are that are great discussion points. There's some that are like amazing. There are some that are kind of like what the hell, you know? So yeah, and so and and we he he pitched to me House of M, which is a Marvel one, and then also uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, which is the '80s DC one. Um, but I kind of just said Flashpoint because I was thinking about the TV stuff coming yeah. up soon. So, so we picked Flashpoint. If anybody's watched The Flash, and we'll we're, this isn't going to be about the the, the CW show, but they kind of like took a page from this this event, which this event was uh, was written by Jeff Johns, right? Yeah, Jeff Johns, right? Um, in 2011, and um, 
they've they've kind of adapted some of it with the end of season two. If you haven't watched season two of um, uh, Flash, Flash. Yeah, I hit spoiler alert. Do you know why they are called spoilers? So season two of Flash ends with him going back in time again, stopping Reverse Flash from killing his mom. So his mom does not get killed. Um, that creates a huge ripple in time. Uh, so like in Flashpoint, you don't really find that out until the end. But something happens to to Barry Allen, and he slowly realizes that things are, are different in the world that he lives in. Like for first first of all, he doesn't have his powers. Yeah. So and um, second of all, his mom's alive, and slowly he starts to investigate this, and he finds out like his friends and the Justice League and everybody is not there, aren't who they say they are. Um, he's not married to Iris, uh, and then. He thinks Reverse Flash did something. He's like, he's like, my nemesis Reverse Flash had to. He's he had to have done this. So, I don't know if we want to like follow this like book by book. I mean, there well, was there were sixty books. So okay? so yeah, let's let's get down to that. So whenever Joe presented this to me, we, we looked at the number of books. I just looked at him. I was like, I texted him. I was like, Jesus Christ, where do we start with this, right? So, uh, uh, so sixty three books, give or take, right? And each one was uh, two ninety nine a book, right? So for just the low cost at the time of $188.37, you could get the entirety of Flashpoint. And that's I, I have a problem with that. I have a problem. That's, that's still how events are. I have a like and I the more I thought about it today, the more I realized that there that that is um like if you think, oh, I'll just pay three dollars for a book, three dollars for a book, it's it's like death by a million cuts. So it's like so the the main Flashpoint story though does run five issues. So you can read one through five, and still get an idea of what happened. But then these all these other books are all like splinters off of like, since this is an alternate timeline, all these books got reset. So you had different books that didn't exist before that ran for about three issues each or a couple that crossed over in the, to the regular titles um, that give you a much bigger picture of what this world is. And I feel like that's a strength and a weakness at the same time. But I feel like that is the strength and the weakness of all these crossover events. Because I did a little bit of research and looking at whenever the the crossover events really started happening, and you mentioned Crisis on Infinite Earths, like for a start, starting point, like there felt like there was one or two per Marvel and DC that were pretty big in the eighties, and then as you go on forward for the nineties and two thousands, it was like every other year, and now it's like every year there's something going on. Well, they chain and, them together. Some aren't and, some aren't as big of an event as others. Like I'm trying to think like. Like just with Marvel, because I've read just about every event for the last two years with Marvel. I'm trying to think what spanned. Um, I don't think they had an event for like two months because they ended. <laughs> well, they ended Secret Wars and then they started Civil War Two, but it was about three or four months apart. Okay, but like they've jumped from event to event to event. Um, like I know I missed Black Vortex, which they made a big event out of, and then there was um. Uh, Infinity. Black Vortex just sounds like like something. It's a Weather Channel special where it's like tonight eight o'clock. Black Vortex. Black Vortex. Are you safe? Well, that was some cosmic thing with the Guardians of the Galaxy. But anyway, yeah. So, um, you you read the five issues of of um, Flashpoint. I read the five yeah. issues of Flashpoint. I tried to go back because this was kind of like pitched yesterday. Um, I tried to go back and read like a couple of other issues just to get an idea. Like I read like um, Emperor Aquaman. 
I read like one of those, like, you know, him being hellbent on revenge on, on Wonder Woman. So like, here's the big kind of like trouble that they have with, um, uh, whatever Flashpoint created is you have uh, Wonder Woman and Aquaman are basically at war. So Wonder Woman has gone and uh, taken over the British Isles and turned that into New Thomestra. She destroyed a lot of Europe and has brought it. Yeah. Like, so um, yeah. whatever was left, Aquaman drowned. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 Aquaman drowned Western Europe. And um, basically that's like he kind of like took that over as like all Atlantia. So then you had the two of them that were kind of like side by side. Um, Wonder Woman goes and kills uh, Mera. Who is Aquaman's Aquaman's wife. wife. And then that just turns into a giant war between the two of them. And they both have like superhero armies because all the 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 Amazons and the Atlanteans. So like the rest of the world is like, like America's like, uh... When when are they going to come over here and, and mess some stuff up? You know, it's like they're kind of nervous. And, like, the whole time Aquaman's planning this this whole thing with, like, this bomb to get revenge on Wonder Woman. And, like, you know, she's even rocking her helmet and everything. Like, it's, like, like very spiteful. Like, yeah. Wonder Woman's getup is completely different. But she has Mara's helmet. So, um, so, basically, Flash realizes that he needs to fix this. And he, he runs into Batman. And Batman is actually not Bruce Wayne. It's Thomas Wayne. So in yeah. the Flashpoint that happened, and this would be interesting if they could ever tie this into, and some of these things into the Flash TV show. Um, so Bruce Wayne was the one that was shot, and neither of his parents were killed by Joe Chill. Uh, so Thomas Wayne ended up becoming Batman, and then Martha Wayne ended up becoming Joker. Yeah, so... Um which okay, the, I have I have questions. I mean, other than so there was um oh the three issue arc of this this Batman um what was it called Batman something night or like uh, uh shoot I know here um, let me see I got it pulled up Ur- Urban Night that's not right no it's British uh, Nights that's, that's not <laughs> Batman Bra- ba- Batman Batman uh, British Nights uh Batman Night Vengeance night, yeah so you you see more about Thomas Wayne he actually starts a big casino in Gotham uh, with his whole his whole reason. Is that's kind of like organized crime, but his whole his whole take on it is, the crime comes to me and I can control what happens to it. Right, it's I like a magnet. It's like yeah. he it's like he built a beacon. His casinos are crime beacons, so he can. And it's not so much like it's not like Bruce where he wants to go clean it up. He's trying to get it to come to him so he can just punish it. And just a li- yeah. yeah yeah so because then, yeah um, so. and he and he chases like criminals down and it always seems to be right around the alley in which his son was shot and just like this whole big like psychology of it right yeah and so it's kind of like he's actually and this is frustrating to me because he's actually a really interesting character yeah and he was a surgeon so he knows he knows what to do to get results. But he's just so hell bent that he just doesn't care. Like in terms of like, do no harm. That's not that's not him anymore. Like he yeah. will do. Is, he has no problems with killing anybody. Like and it's very, like he he takes the step that Bruce never would. You know, and um, it's very very interesting because he has nothing to live for other than to punish. Yeah, and I I kind of dug that. He's I mean it's like the Punisher, but it's like it's Punisher but with a lot of money. But when he finds um when he finds Flash uh, this this is we talked about this at the beginning a little bit but like it's pretty funny because Barry uh you know convinces him that he knows who Bruce is and he's from a different dimension and 
you know, it's easy to kind of suspend that disbelief because you're around super powered people if, you know, you live in that world. But so Flash tries to get his powers back. So he yeah, goes. Yeah, he's trying to convince Batman. He's like, I'm really fast. It's like, well, if he punches him. He's like, well, why didn't you dodge yeah, that? Yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you didn't dodge that. But uh, he basically convinces him to help him get his powers back. So he goes and straps himself in an electric chair on top of Main Wanner. Main Ma- Wayne Manor. <laughs> Main Wanner. Main Wanner. Wayne Manor. And has him dump chemicals on him like he got his powers, and then he just basically waits to get electrocuted from a lightning rod. He gets electrocuted, and it doesn't quite work, but he gets some good third-degree burns all over yeah, his body. it looks pretty and, disgusting. Yeah, he basically looked like Freddy Krueger. <laughs> and, and and then he's just like, all right, let's 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 go at it again, and Batman's like, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, he might be crazy. He might be a doctor. He's like, but I'm not that crazy. Yeah, but he yeah. convinces him to do it, so second time's a charm. He gets his powers back. Um, but my question, though, is so this Flashpoint thing, the whole thing goes because uh, the Flash went back to prevent his mom's death, and because of this, because he stopped reverse Flash, somehow timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly, whatever, because Speed Force is just another way to, to time-lord it up here, kind of. Um, the Reverse Flash is now out of time, meaning he's a paradox. He exists outside of everything. Yeah. And Which, he hates the Flash so much that he finds that it's freeing, and he can go and just screw with the Flash wherever, whenever he wants. Well, like, originally, like, they did do a one-shot, um, not a one-shot, it was maybe like two-shot, Reverse Flash comic in the Flashpoint series. Okay. And Eobart went back originally to stop Flash from becoming the Flash. Like he was at the 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 police station with where the chemicals were and he like he started moving them before the lightning bolt hit. And then as he was moving him, he started to like back to the future. Like oh, he was out. like fading out and he was just like, Oh, he went and he put it all back and then the lightning bolt hit him and then he like rematerialized. So he realized he couldn't kill or get rid of Flash, otherwise he would never exist. Okay. So then he went around systematically like messing up Flash's life. Like the first thing he did is he went and killed he went and killed his best friend when he was like five or ten. Like this little kid that that Barry hung out with and was just like, you know, buddy buddy with and they did everything together and like read comics and stuff. He went and just totally killed this kid and erased him out of the time stream. And then like Barry had no friends. Like but like it wasn't like a sad thing where like Barry went to this kid's funeral. Like it's like no reverse flash completely erased him out of the timeline. So Barry never met him and he never got any friends. So he became like this awkward kid. Man, that makes me feel like the reverse flash attacked my life, and I don't. <laughs> um, and then the, and then he went after his mom. So well, so the thing is, okay, so he's screwing up his life, and he made it. A, he made it to a, a way that whatever if Barry does realize what's going on, he can't call upon his friends like Batman, Superman, all that. But it feels like. There was a lot of work. Like it's not it's not implied that um, Reverse Flash is responsible for um, Bruce Wayne being killed, but because I mean he had to have influenced it because otherwise, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't feel like because I mean the whole Metropolis thing that felt like he influenced it, even though it didn't say so. The whole the whole thing I should say is that um, the Superman story is that the rocket landed in Kansas. Superman, you know, naked baby raised by a family, whatever. In this version. He crash lands in Metropolis and causes a bunch of destruction, and then he's taken by the government. Right. So it's like, and he's kept underground because, like, like after Flash gets his powers back with Batman, he's like, "We got to go find Superman." So they go to look for Superman, and the government's got him kind of locked down in this thing called Project Superman. And they use they, Cyborg helps him. It's a convenient name. Yeah. He, uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, we were going to use that name if he would have stuck around, um, but. 
Cyborg helps them kind of break into the government facility, and they find Superman, and Superman is, like, literally, like, this, like... Stick figure. Stick figure, skin and bones. Like, they kept him underground, no sunlight, nothing. Did all these experiments on him. And then, like, they, they kind of... They break him out, and he gets outside, and as soon as that sun hits him, he's just like, whoa. And then he just takes off. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, but it feels like if the flash reverse flash had set all this in motion that he could not have foreseen how much more drastic things got. I mean, he is an agent of chaos, but he, I mean, it seems like he would have been responsible for a lot more going forward just to screw with Barry then. But, but you see this world that's like existing because the flash was never the flash. And it feels like, but then why wouldn't the rocket still land in Kansas? Why wouldn't Bruce, still be alive you know no, the like, butterfly effect of yeah, certain things yeah but i mean i don't that's 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 tenuous you know i have a yeah. hard time believing that because the flash wasn't around the earth wasn't in the exact position in the universe that would have been anyway rotating the same way when that that ship landed you know what i mean like it just feels like that's well they do like, a lot of stuff they, like that like look at the have you i've never read the red sun series series but there is a series called red sun where Instead of Kansas, he lands in Soviet Russia. But that's a whole like like I, you're going to tell me the same thing. This is a whole what if, right? Well, Flashpoint uh, is a it, what if. Yeah, I know, but like my point is like the the what if of Red Son is what if Superman landed in Russia as opposed to Kansas, yeah. and that that's fine. But the whole conceit of Flashpoint is that Reverse Flash is responsible for all this, and it feels like there's a lot that just happened just because. I mean, it isn't chaos theory. It isn't like, all oh, the drop of water went this way as opposed to that way. It's like, it feels like, regardless, though, that there's a lot of bigger things that would still have taken place. And that also may, it makes me wonder then why, like, um, like the whole Aquaman-Wonder Woman fight. I mean, is it just because the Justice League wasn't there just to keep them in their, their places? Is that, like, they seem naturally aggressive? Because I've never gotten that vibe from Aquaman. I've always yeah. gotten that vibe. Like, Wonder Woman's always very proud. And it just feels like it's a cool idea. And I know there's like 50 other books I've ever read. So maybe everything I'm talking about has answers in there because I read Flashpoint. I read the Batman, you know, British Knight thing. Um, I read the Secret Seven, which that those three issues were shit. Don't ever read those. That was not a fun book to read. And then I read the World of Flashpoint, which is three issues. And it kind of was more dealing with this one character who was a sorceress and her dad worked for Hive and was trying to detonate a bomb on uh, Aquaman to and, and killed like was going to kill like 100 million people to yeah. try to save the world. He gets um, that. He gets that bomb. That's yeah. Like in Emperor Aquaman, he get he stops them from doing that, and then he gets the bomb, and he's going to use it. Okay, so I mean that one was okay in the sense that it showed you a little bit bigger view of the world, but it felt like man, we need a character that can teleport all over the world to show us how bad things are, and that's what that series felt <laughs> like to me. And it's just like, oh, she's in South America where there's Nazis. Don't know why, but they're there now. Also, oh, we're in Africa. Grodd is just really angry, and he has all his eight people there. And it's like, okay, we get to see that moving on. It felt very much like, here's a slideshow of how this world's messed up. Thank you for your $3. It felt really... So I I think the idea is cool. Um, I think the idea of event series are cool. I feel like, even though I'm going to go back and read more of this, because I am interested to see the fringes, I feel like the five issues of Flashpoint by itself tell a story, but it shortcuts so hard because the assumption is you're going to buy the other books that you lose some of the effect. That's kind of like what happened with Secret Wars too. Yeah, I mean, like, like, so, and there, even Civil War, the original Civil War from Marvel, there's a it was a complete story, but you feel like there's a lot that yeah, was like left unsaid. There's a lot that was like, um, like I know, like there were parts when I was reading because I think Jonathan Hickman wrote, uh, did he write? Yeah, he wrote Secret Wars. 
Uh, there were parts, there were times when I'd pick up a new issue of Secret Wars, and it would be like a month and a half between issues, and I'd kind of forget what was going on, and then I'd start flipping through, and I'm like, when the hell did this happen? And like my one buddy I talked to, he'd be like, oh yeah, this is going on in, in, in Battle World Thors. I'm like, oh, I'm like, I, I, I don't want to pick up all those titles. Like, I, like, certain writers and i feel like jeff johns did a really good job of keeping it within five issues and making making sense like i could have read those five issues and not read any of the other side issues and i, I would have got to find a pretty good story out no of it. it would have been okay same thing yeah. with like what's going on with civil war 2 right yeah. now like bendis bendis is doing a decent job writing civil war 2 a lot of people don't agree with that but i think that it's it's like from point a to point b but there's also things that are happening in between civil war and you don't need to read them because if something happens in those and then and then it jumps over into the Civil War, it's not, like, confusing. Like, they've had a pretty linear storyline. Yeah, I just, I feel like, and this is me being old man, get off my lawn. Um, I'm at a point now where, like, I mean, frankly, you, you bankroll a lot of my comic reading, so it's on you versus me. But I don't have that in my budget to go and buy five books a month to keep track of one story. Like, yeah. I, like, like the books, I feel like I've been gravitating towards stuff that are just, like, single-run things like i mean i know i i'm not up to date on saga the brian k vaughn book but that's its own thing i can go pick up a trade of the next six issues and continue on and not have to worry about being like oh well here's this other ancillary or you know auxiliary story going along with this i can just read this and i'm not saying that there's not joy to be had in this because i feel like when i read a lot of your spider-verse stuff i know there's a lot that i didn't get i had a lot of fun with that and i, and I am biased because i love spider-man and i love all the different iterations of them but there was a lot of books there too, and it felt there like, were. and 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 like I, I read them out of order. I mean, I read the Spider Verse stuff in order. Well, there, there's even a few things I didn't read where I was a little confused, like when stuff was popping up, and I'm just like, how did this happen? Like, there's a whole thing with Ben Riley, and then um, uh, whatever Kane, uh, Kane yeah. you know, Demon Kane, not a different character. Um, how they had their own separate story, but then I read that after Spider Verse, and I'm like, oh, well, that all makes sense now. Right. And I didn't know that, you know, like so. I looking at the way the events have went from the eighties up till now, I think about like the way they've tried to implement this. And I want to mention some stuff to you. And you're going to remember when this happened. Uh, remember uh, executioner song when it happened with the X books back in the nineties, yeah. how each issue it was between like uncanny X-Men new mutants. I want to say X-Force maybe, maybe not, but it was a lot of the X books um, X factor. Yeah. I think that was the other, other one, but they would label like executioner song part one of 27 or whatever it was. And each issue would go from like one. And then the next, the next book, like as new mutants was part two. And then they would just kind of go through like a four month cycle where you knew which part was what, but it was spread amongst those four books as it went forward. So if you missed one book, one place, it really screwed things up, but it was at least contained within those four books. And it told a story. Um, and then they, do you remember the, the Marvel uh, annuals where they would have out, like they put out the yearly annuals? Yeah. There was a time there where they had like, um, it was like um, Guardians of the Galaxy, Fantastic Four. Um, they still put out annuals. But they had one that was like uh, the Korvok saga and it was the four annuals put together told one story. And so you, they branched off amongst the annuals. So you had like a bigger story that way without affecting the main timeline. Like, I don't know. It's just, I, I don't have a problem with crossover. I think it's fine. I just feel like when you have a great idea like Flashpoint, I almost wish there would have just been a Flashpoint universe that they're like, hey, guys, well, Flash is going away from DC for a bit, and here's this new universe that's going on. And I know I said new universe, and that's something that's been used before. Like, that much, I think it would have been really satisfying to see the world collapse as opposed to being told about it. Yeah. You know, like, I. Well, you know what they did too is as I as 
is Flashpoint was kind of a rebranding. It was a reset button. It was a reset button and a rebranding because they took they took DC, they took Vertigo, and they took Wildstorm, and they basically just. Moved, mer- merged them all together. Which was, did, like, did you kind of laugh when you saw Grifter show up? Yeah, when I saw Grifter, I was like, what the hell is Grifter doing here? And I'm like, well, I know they got Jim Lee, and then he probably brought properties. Yeah, he sold he sold all Wildstorm to DC, and, and Grifter was a character from Wildcats, a well, book they, in the 90s, yeah. in Wildstorm, a separate print, uh-huh. and then he was brought into DC, and I was just like, wait, this is like Deadpool with hair. What's going on here? It was just really right. <laughs> Well, I don't know about that, but like, I, but it's Deadpool. Thing. But if you look, but like at the end of Flashpoint, when you see him running on the cosmic treadmill and he sees the three different Earths, it's like you know you've got, you've got um you've got your Vertigo guys, and then you see like all the Wildcats, and then it's like the DC guys, and they're yeah. all split up. But um, and it's like I didn't even pick up on it at first because they talked about how Shazam, or like the Shazam kids, because instead of it just being Billy, is it Billy Barton? Uh, it's like a whole, it's a whole, like, like it's a whole group of kids. As opposed to one kid being Shazam with seven. It's seven kids that summon Shazam. But they talk about when, uh, Batman has Shazam, uh, try to stabilize Barry's memories from getting rewritten because he's catching up to, with the speed force and the, the, the flashpoint. Like they have him use, uh, um, Shazam's lightning to try to help him. And uh, they say something about how he was able to help uh, Sandman get his memories back. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't even think because I'm like, well, Sandman's not really in DC Universe. He's in Vertigo. Yeah. I think it's a different Sandman you're thinking about, though. I think the Sandman. Oh, is it? Because um, Sandman, he was in. There was a guy who looked kind of like uh, like the Silver Shroud, like that kind of guy with the fedora and the gas mask that you okay. saw him talk briefly. That's the DC Sandman. I think they're talking about him oh, as okay. opposed to Sandman from Neil Gaiman's. All right. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, same thing. It kind of implied that everybody's brains were kind of scrambled because this was going on. Yeah. And but, they're, yeah, they're basically doing that right now with Rebirth because they're, they've hinted at, I haven't seen it pull in anywhere with um, uh, Watchmen. Yeah. I mean, and, and, okay. So again, how do you, yeah, Paul, you're running a comic company. Like you have 50, 50, 60 plus years worth of continuity between these stories, these stories, and these stories. What do you do? Well, let's just smush them all together and hit the reset button. That's not a bad idea. I'm not saying it's a bad idea. And, but it feels like DC is really good at saying every like, like 12, like, uh, 16 months. It's like, all right, we're rolling over again. We're rolling over again. We're, not we're doing even this. that. It's sooner. It, it feels like, like they're resetting every so did, often. They did crisis and, on infinite earth. They did flashpoint. They did new 52 and now they're doing rebirth. Yeah, so I mean, as an average, like coming to the comic book store and buying books, that has to be very confusing, you know. Oh, like, yeah. And it's like I, not that I need the continuity problems of like thirty years of Spider Man, where it's like, well, he was a high school student for twenty of this. What happened after that? You know, yeah. I get that. Um, that's why I thought the Marvel Ultimate line was such a breath of fresh air at the time. But then it ran the same problem because it had been around for eight years, nine years, uh-huh. and so it was running to its own continuity issues. So they're like, okay, fine, kill it, we're done. Like, yep. and it was like. I don't know. I just feel like, like um, I almost w- would rather these event series almost be like Old Man Logan, where it's this world. It's a separate, and you dig it, and it's like if there's more to be told there, you tell that, and if not, you let it exist. And in Marvel's case, they brought that Logan into the regular universe, but you have you have an event. Make it a cool event. You like you your budget is is uh, you're limited to your imagination, so why not tell all these cool stories? I mean, I guess you got to, I, I don't know. I guess it's not a, I mean, it's a, it's a tough problem to solve. You know, I don't know. I, I feel frustrated because I didn't want to spend $180 just to read what happened in the flash world, you know? Yeah. Like, 
So I don't know how you feel about that. I mean, you you have definitely. I've gone through events, and and I have to pick and choose. Like it's it's a tough battle. Like you can't like you can't drop two hundred dollars every like I want to say quarter on a storyline. I mean, some people can. I can't. Um, uh, you know, there's there's other ways to get get comics, but like it's it's expensive if you do book by book by book. Well, I even remember back uh, when Infinity War came out originally and how that whole thing crossed over all the Marvel stuff and the big storyline there was there's these doppelgangers that were being made to fight the heroes and the villains and how the books I read ran into Infinity War but then ran right out of it too. Like Spider-Man fought Doppelganger Spider-Man which was the six-armed like, you know, weird-looking one and then he killed it and then that was the like that was his less like in that Spider-Man like monthly book that was his fight. He was done, and he went on to his other stories. Yeah, and and I, and I was like, okay, that was cool, but I didn't, I didn't have to go out of my way to buy like every Infinity book. You know, well, like, even using that as an example, like Infinity Gauntlet itself was a six issue run, and it was contained within itself. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, I didn't read them originally when they came out, but um, when I reread them, it was like it followed one coherent story, and there weren't like if you look up Infinity Gauntlet, there's not really any books that fade in and out of it. You yeah, I mean, it was just it's so. I, I'm not I'm not trying to hold Marvel up because they're just as guilty as DC is. Oh yeah, um, like especially now. But like I think DC, like they they threw the gauntlet down so to speak with uh, Death Superman. That really started pushing that really hard because then you had ramifications across the whole thing, and then Nightfall with the death of Batman, and then Marvel's like, let's really screw up Spider-Man where people don't want to read it for a while. Yeah, that's cool. Let's do that. But they, it's like, it feels like now, almost like with this TV each year, it's like, what's our event this year? And it just feels like um, you're sacrificing the potential for cool stories and development of characters when you keep jamming them into these events. Yeah, you, you do. Know? You do. So let me ask you this. Uh, we'll wrap up. Out of the flashpoint that you read, what would you like to see transition to the TV show? Oh well, that's tough because a lot of it you can't do in the TV show in terms of characters. That you can do. Um, I'd like I, to, I'd like to see uh, Captain Cold become Citizen Cold. That like, would oh, the hero. You know, th- then that would feel really good with what they're doing with yeah. Wentworth Miller. That yep. would be perfect. Um, I like that. Uh, they've already kind of hinted at the the Arrow Industries because I mean, for goodness sakes, when you saw Arrow, it was a company. Um, that was kind of cool. Like they kind of basically made uh, Arrow kind of like Wayne Tech. And uh, I would um, like to see because um, in Flashpoint, um, Abin Sur never gave Hal Jordan the ring. So I would like to see them pull him in as the Green Lantern and have an alien be a Green Lantern on Flash and Green Arrow. Like give him his own show. Get you know, give a purple alien guy a. A green ring and just have him cameo onto Flash or something. I think that'd be pretty cool. Or Supergirl. Yeah, there was just some cool ideas in there though, like um, uh, Element Woman or Element Lady. I think it was her name. She, Element, was, she yeah. was the female Metamorpho. Yeah, uh, like she was kind of interesting because she could do whatever elements, but she was kind of flighty and kind of fun. She felt like the most Marvel of all those characters yeah. where she would just show up and break down a wall and be like, "Hey guys, I brought juice boxes." It yeah. was so random, and I liked that. Um, it just like some of that fun. Um, I mean, if you're going to do a flashpoint type thing on TV, then then go completely bonkers with it because you could always reset it. Yeah, you know, and that's why, like, I feel like I feel like that's what's going to happen is like Barry's going to run into past Barry. They're going to be running with each other, and he's going to tackle him and stop him. Then you have room for Silver Age Flash still be around. You could even bring back um, Zoom if you wanted to, just to. Oh like, yeah, 
Yeah, so I don't know. It's tough. I mean, the idea of Flashpoint wasn't bad. I enjoyed what I read other than The Secret Seven. Like I said, the book was shit, so don't read that. And then I would give it credit for what it is. It was a bad book. Um, the Enchantress was in that. The, the thing I didn't like about Suicide Squad. Connected? I don't know, probably. Um, anyway, uh, I'm going to read more of it. Like, there's some more books there. There's, like, the Gorilla Grodd book. Uh, looks like Deathstroke has a couple couple books. I read a little bit like, of Deathstroke's story. He He's, was kind of hinted as being a hero, but you didn't really see any of well, that. Well, he was going into Atlanta to get his kid. Oh. And he had... It was funny, because it was very piratey. Atlantis, not Atlanta. Yeah. So he said he's going to Atlanta. Oh, he could be going to Atlanta. He's going to Turner Field to get his kid. But um, he had a ragtag crew of supervillains. Like, I know Clayface was one of them. It was kind yeah. of weird. So, um, all right. Yeah, check it out. Um, I feel like... I, I do feel like the, the movies, the DC movies, aren't pulling enough from these events because I feel like what Marvel has done for their movies has been able to take what kind of works from this stuff and crystallize it yeah. and get good themes and ideas and make make it the best possible two-hour story they can make it. Like Civil War... There's Civil so War much, and Age of Ultron. Yeah, Civil War had so much that is so on the periphery that is not even in that movie, but they got the feel of it right. Right. You know, so... Even Age of um, Ultron they got right with, you know, the, the villain uprising. Like, I felt yeah. like... So... In the in the battle with them and all that stuff too. So, anyway, um, yeah, I liked I liked Flashpoint. I know I've kind of dumped on a little bit, but I think I think my my bigger point that I was frustrated with is just event series. Is, uh, just because the older I get, I don't think I'd be able to read all of that. Yeah. You know, so that's like like I know we did when we did our Batman episode. You had uh, given me a copy of Hush, which is a, a number of books, and I haven't finished it. But I like, but that's I its, it's, its own self contained thing though, and I think that's. Uh, that's well, like, I read Death in a Family, which that was its own self-contained thing, and that was only, like, 12 issues, maybe? Or? But it, it does it does re, um, reverberate out to the rest of the Batman universe, too, you know? Yeah. So that's what I feel like there should be that, you know? So anyway, that's that's what I prefer. So if you guys agree or disagree, please uh, follow up with us on our Facebook page. That's Invasion of the Podcast. Uh, we are on Twitter at Invading Podcast. Uh, we have a Gmail address. It's Invading Podcast at Gmail. We're having some fun discussions there. Uh, just you know, please hit us up there. I'm sure there'll be plenty of recommendations soon for other other um, storylines to read, and maybe we'll talk about them soon. Yeah, if you want to hear um, us talk about stuff or books or books, comic books, books too. Yeah, TV shows. Like video if you want Joe games. to read uh, Armada by Urs Klein, he'll read it. We'll talk about it. No. Good luck with that. <laughs> All right, so um, I, I guess we kind of. I mean, it's kind of a game. I mean, so we'll just we'll we'll just say it's a game. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> so, um, what were, you, were you trying to touch something? I just saw you reaching. There's a bug. Oh, okay. Uh, I was like, "What are you pointing at uh, Havoc for?" I was confused. Uh, so, to, I think today actually is the 25th anniversary of the release of the Super Nintendo. Yeah. Um, and I know we've done some more things to this before uh, in terms of like our box office barometer, um, which is not our idea originally, but we've been using it. We're going to take it one step further. And I pulled up a list of the top selling Super Nintendo games. And I'm going to ask Joe, because so the number 25th best Super Super Nintendo selling game uh, was Super Scope 6, if which people will remember that. I did have a Super Scope 6. Um, yeah, so that, was, um, that sold, um, let's see here. 1.65 1. 6, 1. 6, million copies 
and I, and I, you know, people probably like, did that work really well or no? Like it worked. Okay. Like there was one game on there. I can't remember what it was called, but it was like a mech game Okay, where you just basically shot other mechs and like you, you had like these standoffs. It was almost like, like Pacific Rimish <laughs> where you would fight a specific mech and then you would just, you like shoot parts of their body. Okay. That's the only game I remember playing on. It. Um, and I, I remember loving my Super Nintendo. I, I remember playing a handful of games on it because they were, like, was that were they fifty dollars a game at the time? Or were they like? They uh, were, I want to say they're fifty. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, favorite Super Nintendo game? Uh, favorite where? Super Nintendo game? Um, I don't know. There were a lot. Uh, I'm trying to think of one that wasn't like a franchisey type, like Mortal Kombat. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um. I might like. I will say repeatedly, Chrono Trigger. Even though I played it past, like, oh, I never actually uh, got to play well, that. Like, yeah, Final Fantasy three, three which yeah. is now six, six. Yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. That was that probably was, oh, that. Yeah, that was good for sure. My favorite Super Nintendo game. Okay, so all right, um, as we go along here, I'm sure we'll have some memories to talk about and, and share and have some nostalgia. Um, so we had Super Scope six uh, at number twenty five. Um, Final Fantasy four. More or less than Super Scope Six. More, it had less. It wow! Sold what one point forty four million uh, copies See, in Japan? It says in Japan, huh? Well, it, I guess I mean whatever. They, they, this is Wikipedia, so eh, take it for what it's yeah, worth. Yeah, but thing about the Super Scope is it's a little gimmicky, and people get into that. Yeah, well, Nintendo's good at like making you really excited for the gimmick, and then yeah, not be like you've a robot you can play games with. My robot was terrible. Uh, NBA Jam. More or less. Oh, more. Less. No yeah, way. 1.22 million copies. Oh, I loved um, NBA Jam, man. <laughs> yeah, right? Plays um, Bill Clinton. <laughs> uh, Killer Instinct, more or less. Oh, more. More. 3.2 million. Um, combo Breaker. Dude, breaker I have breaker. KI on my Xbox One. Like, rare, because, like, Microsoft owns rare. Like, they... Like they just they just gone off the deep end with that game. Like it's like I I played the first season of it and it was just like it was cool to play the game in a new engine. Mm-hmm. And I'm terrible at fighting games now. Terrible. Oh yeah, they're really complicated. They're now. so complicated. And um, they've just been rolling out characters and it's turning into Mortal Kombat where they're just rolling out like guest characters. Like you could play Rash from Battletoads on there now, <laughs> and um, the Arbiter from uh, Halo is a playable character and then there's somebody else that is like from another video game that's that's made it in there but uh yeah check out killer instinct i think it's free it is and, free and then you have to like pay for some of the characters and yeah. stuff but because they rotate the the one playable character so often so you get a chance to try different characters out yeah yeah um let's see here um f-zero more copies or less copies than super scope six i'm gonna say more it is more uh that I actually forgot it like i i've not forgot about f-zero but I forgot about it. That has to be like, I love Final Fantasy uh, and Chrono Trigger, but I played the heck out of F-Zero. I loved F-Zero so much. Uh, it sold 2.85 million copies. That was a good game. Oh, and it, it actually is the game. first like game that gave me a sense of speed. Like, if that makes sense, it actually felt uh, like it went fast. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Who um, did you use a lot? The pink ship. The pink one. The like a hockey puck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the one that had the biggest shields, even though it had the most shields. It was the slowest to accelerate. It had the, the, the top speed. So if you got really good, you could be the fastest one, but it took you a while to, to build up to that speed. I always played Captain Falcon. Oh, which one was that? Is that the blue He's one? He's the blue one, yeah. yeah. 
Um, I see. I didn't even know there's different like drivers for F Zero. I should know that, but I didn't know that. Um, let's see here. Um, Donkey Kong Country Two, more or less. Less. Uh, l- uh, more or less than Super Scope Six. Less. Less. Uh, five million approximately. Whoa. Um, total. I didn't like, like Donkey Kong Country. Like yeah. I remember when the first one came out. Like I felt it. Like it played pretty smooth. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know how they pulled that off with like the backgrounds. Like it felt like it was like pre. Like PlayStation Gen type quality. The graphics were good. The graphics were good mm-hmm. on it, but like I just didn't like it. Um, Aladdin. Oh, more. Yeah, you're right. Dude, more. Aladdin was so good. It was so <laughs> much harder on Genesis. Uh, 1.75 million, and that's that's a good point, and that's something we should talk about. Maybe I don't know if it's a whole show, but there was a time when you had the same property but ported two different ways to the yeah. Genesis and Super Nintendo. Yeah, and yeah, you'd have a way different experience. <sighs> I uh, had a. Yeah. Uh, because I had a Super Nintendo first, and then I remember I got Mortal Kombat for that. And then sometime down the road, I got a Genesis or something for Christmas. Or I think I bought myself a Genesis because I wanted to play Sonic. And then I, I was like, I'm going to buy Mortal Kombat for this. So that was my first gateway into buying a game for multiple systems. Okay. But it was because you could put the blood code in on Genesis, but you couldn't on <laughs> Super Nintendo. So I was like, I wanted Death and Dismemberment. Couldn't have it on NES. There you go. Then they finally put it on Mortal Kombat 2. They were just like, yeah, we'll just leave all the blood in there. Uh, the Lion King, more or less than Super Scope 6. Uh, less. You are right. That is 1.27 million copies. Um, I feel like a lot of the Disney properties back then, though, were handled pretty well. They were. The um, Lion King one, I remember I gave up on when you got to the part where I want to say there's like there's like a part in the movie where there's there's a song with all the giraffes and birds, and um, it's Baby Simba. And I remember the game was like mimicking it because the song was playing. It wasn't like it was like the 16-bit version. Yeah, but like you had to like jump across all these giraffe heads and it was just like so hard i, I never got past that part <laughs> I, well because the time wasn't capcom making all those well i mean i know capcom did the nintendo ones because we because we uh yeah. they did the the ducktales which we and i both like that one and then yeah. i know they had a uh, darkwing duck which was unfortunately bad but the rescue rangers one was pretty good like yeah the rescue yeah. ranger one was pretty good um all right pilot wings more or less than super scope six i'm gonna say less uh, you would be wrong. Pilot Wings, which is, I'm sorry, it's a shitty game. Yeah. I played that game for hours, but it's a shitty game. I like, could never. I, skydiving. Screw the skydiving. I couldn't do that. I can't play that game. Yeah. Um, so that sold uh, two million copies, even though it was a shitty game. Um, what else we got? You here? know what, though? I think Pilot Wings came out right at the beginning. And it was just like people were grabbing games to have games. Yeah. What was that? The, the, there was a particular, particular name for that type of graphics because F-Zero had it, too. There was something about the way that the sprites worked. It looked like you're like they could do the 3D, but not quite. It was, I know I what you're talking they, about. I forget what they yeah. call that now, but it was like that was a big deal at the time. Yeah. Um, all right. What else we got here? Mortal Kombat 2, more or less? More. Less. 1.51 1 million copies. Come on. Yeah. So, all right. Um, that was my game. Star Fox, more, more or less. More. Yeah, 4 million. Okay. That was an easy one. Uh, Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past. Oh, more. <laughs> yeah, four. That's one of my. That's one. Of, I think that is my favorite Zelda game. Yeah, yeah that is my favorite Zelda game. Um, like, I don't know why. Like, if you've never played a Link Between Worlds for the 3DS, that's a really good game. Oh, is it? It's it feel, it's it's a spiritual sequel to that game. It's awesome. Like, I, I it was so good. Um, but that's not what that system is right now. Uh, we're talking about the Super Nintendo Final Fight, where you could pick up turkey legs off the ground. Oh man, yeah, you you ate everything on the ground. Yeah. Um, I want to say less. You're right, 1.48 million. That so, was a great game. It was. 
Man, Hagar used to jack people in the stomach like a pro. Yes. Like, he had that, like, underhand, like, punch where he was just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I'm like, like, he would just catch guys, like, and it just looked so painful. Wasn't he the mayor of the city? He was the mayor of the city. I, like, when did he have time to work out running a city that was so ramped up crime? I, like, I don't get that. Yeah, this dude He's was like, jacked. Listen, we have all these guys wearing the same color jackets, but sometimes not, and people are just sticking good... Uh, unused food in barrels this is a problem we need to figure out what's going on telling you though yeah you know who you know know who hagger reminds me of ron swanson yes he's just like oh i have a mustache you're not a real man i'll punch you and eat this meat off the ground boom 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 i kind of want to play a final fight version now but with like parks and recs characters that would be amazing oh i want that so bad now i also want um, a Parks and Rec intro, but done with Stranger Things. Like I want that music playing with the all music. The yeah, I want the music, but then also how they do like the little like the the way the intro is for Parks and Rec, but have all the characters from Stranger Things and the Parks and Rec intro. That's just a dream project. That's never going to happen. Like my dream project. Like I'll make that, and then I could die happy, man. I don't know what that means. Um, Super Metroid, more more or less copies, more less. Really? Super Metroid only sold one million copies. Dude, Metroid was like I I had a hard time playing the first NES Metroid. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of it, but Metroid Super Metroid really grabbed me. Like that was a good side-scrolling action game. I just also like too how with Super Nintendo everything had Super in the title. Yeah. Do you remember um, even Star Wars? I was about to say Super, Super Star, Star Wars. Wars, Super oh, Empire Strikes Back. Those I'm were like, three really good games, and they had some really hard parts to them. They did have some good side scrolling, like like especially with the lightsaber combat. Like you do a lot of cool somersaults with the lightsabers and stuff. I was just excited at the time because you could play as different characters in the different levels. Like mm-hmm. it was fun to be Chewbacca for a second or Han Solo. Um, but okay, so let's we'll go ahead and um, Super Mario Kart. More or less copies. More. Yeah, more. Eight point seven seventy eight point seven six million. Still one of the best Nintendo games. Um, I don't know if I ever played it for Super Nintendo. Really? Yeah. I think my first experience with Mario Kart was 64, and that was just with some friends. And doing my, Mine was Super Nintendo. I remember we would play that in Super Bomberman and do the competitive mode, because like in Mario Kart, you'd have the balloons, mm-hmm. and you have to pop everybody's balloon like with the turtle shell when you're like driving around. It was like a little battle arena. Yeah. A lot of friendships probably lost because of that. Um, all right, uh, and then then to finish it off here, Super Mario World, more or less copies than Super Scope 6. I almost want to say less because you got the game with the system, but I'll say more. It was the number one selling game, 20.6 million copies. Jesus. That's copies sold. That doesn't say copies that came with systems. Right. And that is more than double the, the number two one, which was the original Donkey Kong Country at 9 million. Wow, and Super Mario Kart like that was number three, so it was all Mario all the time. But you got the game with the system. Did you lose it? And you're like, ah, oh, just buy another copy. Yeah. So um, <laughs> Super Nintendo is a good system. I, I I had that and the Genesis at different times. I it was my first introduction to the 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 more the shoulder buttons and all the multi buttons on the controller. At the time, I was like, how are you going to? What video game needs all these buttons? Like I was yeah. really you know so. There was this yeah. dude at school. I remember when the Super Nintendo came out. Like, he was he was not a popular kid. Like everybody kind of picked on him. Was his name Joe? No, <laughs> uh, his name was not Joe. I don't even was, remember was, his name. Was it Joe Peters? Was that no. his name? Okay. <laughs> but I remember one day he got on the bus and um, he had like the the user manual for either the Super Nintendo or Mar- Super Mario World. And, like, he was reading it, and then, like, he became, like, the p- most popular kid in school because he was oh. the first dude to get a Super Nintendo. And, like, everybody's just like, oh, can I look at the manual? And I'm just like, part of me was like, good for that dude. And then, the, like, the other part was like, what are you going to get from the manual? 
Like, yeah. I never read the manuals, but, like, that manual made its way around the bus. Like, it was just the coolest thing since sliced bread to see the Super Mario World manual. <laughs> and it was that kid, so. Well, I mean, hopefully he turned a corner and became popular from there on. Probably not. No. Not until, I think he, until someone else got the system he, and they forgot Yeah, about he had, like, his 15 minutes of fame with the system, and then it just kind of tapered off. Do you think that haunts him still, where he's like, I had my moment to shine, and it was when I had Possibly. Super Nintendo? I don't yeah. know. Um, all right. Anyway, so that's going to do it for us uh, this week. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed our, our ramblings about wrestling and comics and video games, which is, seems to be what we talk about every week anyway. So that's fine. Um, but yeah, like hit us up on social media. Uh, please, please, please. We are on Stitcher and on iTunes. Um, if if you're able to, please go uh, give us some, some five-star reviews. We greatly appreciate that. And uh, interact with us on the social media. We like that as well. Um, but yeah, um, that, that's going to do it for us this week. Yep. See you next week. Yeah. And in the meantime, uh, you can tell two friends. Two friends. And then they tell two friends. And then they tell two friends. And they tell two friends. And then those, those pen, people run really fast, go to an alternate timeline, and they tell two friends. And then they tell two friends. And they tell two friends. <laughs> <laughs>